to episode eight of the long haul from you ship today's episode is a fun one lisa what do we have on tap oh joe we've got a real heated debate between traditional pickups and elon musk's tesla's Cybertruck. sounds fun oh yeah we also have a conversation with our senior manager of customer operations taylor uh going over some common feedback that we get about our carriers and uh, some tips for how they can level up their business based on this feedback. So keep listening to find out how to make more money with Uship and who's going to win between the Cybertruck and your traditional pickup. All right, joining me now is Cody Holden. He is our product integrations manager here at Uship. Cody, thank you for being with us. How are you? No problem, man. Doing great. Awesome. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm ready to argue about Teslas with you. All right, uh, regular day for me. Yeah, light and lean. I'm ready to fight. Uh, so you drive a pickup truck. We should start there. You're not just some random guy. We That's it. right. Okay. So tell us a little bit about the truck you drive uh, so we can give our listeners sure. a baseline of where you're coming from. Sure, yeah. So currently right now I'm just driving a Chevy Colorado, so nothing too crazy. Okay. Um, prior to that I had a Dodge Dakota. It was a little bit uh, more exciting with the V8 in there. Yeah. Um, but I've been driving everything from a Ford Ranger to a, uh, a, you know, a Dodge Ram. I grew up in South Louisiana. We're using a lot of these on like farm uh, trucks, you know, so... Right. We can go ahead and, you know, not to spoil it, but just to put an image in your head of uh, the Tesla Cybertruck pulling up to a, uh, a farm or something like that and how that would go. Um, but yeah, awesome, I think. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, uh, definitely uh, good for herding the animals away, you yeah. know. Um, quietly, very quietly. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, not a whole lot of plugs out there, too. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I've been uh, driving trucks for, uh, you know, more or less almost 15 years now. And um the, the the full gamut of it but i haven't seen anything like the uh the the angular cyber truck of the uh, of the future yeah i don't think anybody has that was part of what was so shocking about it um so yeah you're definitely one of the people that are using it using a pickup truck for the functional purpose and not for the glamour purpose so that's <laughs> for also sure another reason to bring you in because it's not like you just have a ford f-150 because you like the way you know the uh the wheel lines look yeah 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 you no need to lo- use the payload and all that no uh no spinning rims on mine for yeah. sure yeah you do have a winch though right that's right. I feel like that's a bona fide. If your pickup truck has a winch on it, oh yeah, and it's actually a little dirty, then you know. well, exactly, yeah, yeah. You gotta you know apply that patina to it every once in a while. Exactly. So, you know, I think what would be fun here is to just kind of have a little bit of a, a debate on what uh, the Tesla is and, and why a pickup truck might be better or why a Tesla Cybertruck might be better. Because one thing that was interesting when this came out was the price point for this pickup truck is actually pretty competitive. Uh, sure. Va- versus another truck. I mean, the baseline Tesla Cybertruck is $39,000, which you can get a pickup truck for less, but not with really any features. If you're starting to get into a pickup truck with any features, it's about the same price. Sure. And and that was interesting. So, you know, first thing to go into, uh, you know, just kind of reading through some of these specifications, you know, just $39,000 Cybertruck, you're going to go zero to 60 in six and a half seconds. Yeah, I don't know many pickup trucks that can do that. Sure. Uh, you're, <coughs> you're, Towing capacity is probably a little lower at 7,500 pounds, but you're also getting a, uh, you know, 3,500 pound payload, which is a lot higher than a lot of other trucks have. 
Definitely, definitely, yeah. yeah. I think I think the numbers, you know, uh, perhaps unlike the unlike the car, look pretty good. Yeah. Now, whenever you're looking at how much it costs, you're gonna have to factor in the fact that all of your friends are gonna want to take a hammer to the windows every time they see it. That's true. Yeah. And uh, that was a little bit of an embarrassment for Tesla. They threw a a steel ball at the window and it shattered. Right. I don't know how you let that happen in your big product reveal. Yeah. Uh, that would be like the Apple reveal and it says hi i'm macintosh and if it just didn't say anything sure definitely yeah yeah uh, so so you know there's a, a few other things like that i would say overall you know the numbers look pretty good some of the aspects of it kind of go beyond that for me so if you're looking at you know the, the truck bed is relatively decently sized i think it's yeah. about six and a half feet but if you look at the angles of the truck to actually get in there i'm not even sure how you do that you couldn't do it from the side i'm yeah. not sure if they have tie downs on it yeah um uh, I think that actually trying to tow something with that, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you if it'd only be compatible with you know first market Tesla products to to be able to actually hook everything up. So you mean like the Tesla would come out with their own uh, towing rig and all that? Oh sure, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. They're gonna, yeah, yeah, no doubt. So um, yeah, I think you know some of that stuff with the payload. And again, right now I'm driving a midsize truck, so that's not the huge. Uh, you know, I think the specs are better on that than they are on my Colorado for sure. Sure, um, but. I think that it's also how you're going to be able to use the car uh, rather than just the numbers that you're going to get in a demo. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the interesting things I did see, I mean, the window broke and there is a backstory to that that I did read about later. Okay. Not to be an apologist, but sure, sure. when they did the test prior to, you'll if you remember the demo, in the demo, they hit the side of the truck with a sledgehammer first. Right. And then they threw the steel bearing at the, wind, at the window second. Sure. So the way they did it prior to that, which is a perfect lesson in testing is don't switch up the order you're doing it in. Okay. When they tested it beforehand. They threw the ball at the window first and then they smashed the side of the truck with a sledgehammer. All Reason right. being when you smash the side of the truck with a sledgehammer, it jostles the windows down. Okay. The windows need to be sealed in order to have the integrity to not break. Sure. Yeah. So there's actually video of them doing it beforehand where they're throwing the steel ball at it as hard as they can and it's not breaking. Yeah. Now, that doesn't, it's not going to matter in the annals of history. It, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever the, the uh, <laughs> yeah, whenever the, uh, you, you know, the zombie attack or whatever comes at yeah. you, it's going to be hard to roll down the window and tell them the order of operations for doing that. Yeah. But you know, I think one thing that the Cybertruck has going for it in these dystopian times is that <laughs> it's pretty much bulletproof. Sure. Sure. That's yeah. That's pretty yeah. rad. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, hasn't come up a whole lot for me. Um, but I, I think that between the, uh, the zero to 60 speed and being bulletproof, I think that definitely has it going for it. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, not, not a huge factor for, uh, for my life here in Austin, uh, you know, for, for going to work. No, no, um, no bullets flying. In <laughs> but, uh, but you know, it's good, good to know about. Yeah. I think too, I mean, the, the stats are pretty comparable. I mean, the, the, Pickup full size pickup trucks are going to beat it on towing capacity. Sure. Even even you know when you go up to the thing about the Cybertruck too is the base model is the base model, but then you can go up to a fifty thousand dollar you know model that has uh, faster uh, you know faster zero to sixty time, more range. So the baseline has two hundred and fifty miles of range, yeah. which is lower than a full tank of gas. But when you start getting into three hundred miles uh, and then five hundred miles, which is the highest level price for a Tesla, that's pretty comparable with a, a normal car. Definitely, um, yeah. And you know the thing that is not listed here is torque, and I think that is interesting. That is always a statistic, or a, not a statistic, but a, specif a specification you see listed for a pickup truck is, yeah. is how much torque they have. 
an electric motor doesn't have torque. It is all go all the time. Right, and right. I'm, I'm curious to see if that has an effect on people. That could be something that wins people over yeah. other than the great looks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's the X factor right there for sure. Yeah. Uh, I know that they did a, um, they had a toe off with, a F-150, I believe, and, mm-hmm. and the Cybertruck was able to pull the F-150 pretty good. Now, I think this was under Tesla controls, which, as you note, can yeah. change some. So I know Ford wanted to redo the test. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, a, lot, a lot of it, I would say the numbers, you know, if not anything else, are looking pretty good. Yeah. The, the range for me, you, I, th- I think you'd have to go up yeah. above that 250. So at that point, a lot of this stuff about it being comparable at, at, at 40K yeah. for the truck, you know, it goes if, out if, the window. Yeah, if it's really only uh, really only viable, you know, yeah. it, it, it definitely does go out the window a little bit. Yeah, and I think, you know, to make this relevant to our listeners beyond just kind of a fun debate is a lot of our carriers on the site are using a pickup truck with an enclosed trailer to haul things across the country. Yeah. And, you know, you definitely would need more than 250 miles of range. Uh, definitely. And then when you're getting into, you know, $70,000 for a pickup truck, that is a price point that most people aren't looking to, to put into a working truck. You yeah. Know, that's, that's a, a luxury, you know, take around town truck. That's not something you're going to be using to, to go across the country hauling, you know, freight. And sure. I think that that is, that can be a little misleading for sure. Um, you know, the other thing is if you spend $70,000, you can go zero to 60 in 2.8 seconds. <laughs> that's yeah. That's yeah. pretty fun. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think at that point you might, you might just want to go with a car. Yeah. It but, sounds like, it sounds but, like uh, if you're looking to go that fast, you should just buy a car. Yeah. I yeah. would agree. But, uh, you know, if you want to have a couple things in the, in the back seat and in the, in the bed of the truck, I don't know how you're going to get it out, but if you want to take those things that fast as well, I, I, I guess it could be an option. Yeah, for sure. And you know, the final thing is, you know, how cool do you want to look? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. And I can't think of a more cool thing than to look like you walked out of the movie Blade Runner yeah. while you're hauling your pontoon boat sure. know, up to the lake. Yeah. I think that'd be a nice juxtaposition, really. Yeah. Well, uh, something yeah. that looks like it came from the future versus, you know, uh, a party boat from the 1970s. Definitely. Can't handle a three-foot wave. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, for helping... Uh, Helping my friend move, I might stick to a regular pickup truck. If I'm trying to help him move to the moon or something, I'll, I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll go with the Tesla. Yeah. All right. Well, Cody, thank you for coming on. I think that we've settled it. Uh, the Tesla is cool. <laughs> okay. Um, but probably not the best choice if you're looking to use something for, uh, you know, an actual working truck. Yeah. At least for now. We'll see what, you know, we'll see what happens, but uh, maybe have some work to do on that. Definitely. Cool. Definitely Cody, agreed. thank you so much for taking time out of your day. Thanks to, very much. Uh, chat with us. Have Thanks, man. I'm here with our senior manager of customer operations, Taylor. Now, Taylor, you've been with UShip for seven years? Seven years, that's right. That's awesome. So and you've been in customer operations the whole time, right? Yes, front line of the company dealing with our customers day in, day out. Yeah, that, I mean, that's that's a really I mean, that's the most important job here, I think. Um, so how how can carriers succeed using UShip? Yeah, it's a, a, a pretty common question we get from new transporters that sign up on the site. And uh, the simplest way to put it is do a good job and provide a good experience for the customer. Mm-hmm. That's going to result in you receiving good, positive feedback. And that's going to result in you receiving more bookings and shipments down the road. Um, so Taylor, if, 
if a new transporter comes on the site, they don't have any reviews. How how do you think that they can go about um, you know getting those reviews to just kick off their their lifespan on UShip? Yeah, it, it can be a little overwhelming, you know, for a new service provider who's uh, you know quoting next to some folks who've had you know five, ten years mm-hmm. experience on UShip. Um, but you get that first shipment, and you know maybe it's because the lane makes sense to you, or you have you're the right person for the job. You get that positive feedback, and it's going to snowball from that point and really escalate to where you're one of those people that's been successful in the platform for five, ten years. Awesome. Um, what are some ways that carriers can level up? Yeah, it's a it, it's a good question, and it comes down to a couple things. The first thing I would say is documentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, documentation is something that's overlooked, especially by new transporters who are, are new to the field, um, and specifically providing bill of ladings, taking photographs before and after the shipment. Uh, you know, you ship's great in that we provide a bill of lading for all of our shipments, but mm-hmm. if that's not your thing, you can always stop at a office supply company and, and pick up a whole pad of them. And it's going to let the customer know the exact condition that the item was in before pickup, during transit and after. Yeah. What, as a carrier, how would you handle showing up somewhere and the item that you were going to transport is already damaged? Yeah, that's a very real scenario, yeah. right? And that happens a lot, um, especially with household moves. And when you think about uh, service providers showing up to auction sites, uh, things like that. Um, the first thing I would do is document the condition of the item. Mm-hmm. Take a photograph. If there's uh, someone that's at pickup, have them sign the bill of lading just so that everyone has eyes on what the condition of the item is. Mm-hmm. And then I would reach out to the customer. Um, there are situations where customers are buying these items sight unseen and they may not realize the condition of this item, uh, before it's even been picked up. Yeah. Having that communication up front is going to save you a lot of headaches down the road. Yeah. It's also a really great customer service experience for, absolutely for that shipping customer. Um, what about, uh, you know, setting expectations, your own expectations with the shipping customer. How do you, what do you think are the best ways to go about doing that? Yeah, this is a, this is a big one. Um, and it should happen up front and really throughout the entire shipment process, right? Um, for a service provider who just books a, books a shipment, they should be reaching out to that customer some way, letting them know how they like to operate, mm-hmm. how they like to be communicated with and what the customer can expect from start to finish. Um, a lot of the disputes that we'll deal with are simply expectations not meeting the reality of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that could be the service provider is stuck in traffic or, you know, like the example you just gave, the armoire the customer bought mm-hmm. from this auction had a chip in it and mm-hmm. has for years, but the customer didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then what I know you've mentioned, um, and, and I've heard of these things as well, these complaints from some of the shipping customers as far as, you know, transporters showing up and maybe not having the right equipment to actually transport the the item. Right. Yeah, that's, that's a frustrating one. Um, it comes down to knowing your limitations, mm-hmm. right? As a business owner, you need to know what you can and cannot haul. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm sure customers would appreciate you doing your absolute most, but you don't want to go past that to where you're putting yourself, the shipment or the customer in danger. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, you know, sometimes on UShip, there are um, different kind of listings that have, you know, a household move. And while the shipping customer is doing their best to 
communicate what that means and how many boxes and everything. I, I know that we've had transporters show up and it's, it's more than was expected. How do you, what are the best, what are some like ways to handle that kind of situation where you know your limits, but maybe it wasn't clearly defined? <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, as a shipping customer that's used U-Ship, I'm a little guilty of this myself. <laughs> um, yeah. Household moves are tough ones. They're hard. They are. But, you know, when you show up and, and let's say that uh, 10 boxes uh, somehow turned into 50, you know, on your way to the customer's house, you should just explain to them it's a matter of how much you can safely transport. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to cram certain items uh, and possibly breaking things is only going to create a, a worse experience mm-hmm. than possibly only being able to fit what you thought you could fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, knowing that you should provides like that, the Q and a section I think is, is really important with being able to, you know, you know, your limits, but making sure that those limits are clear with both parties. Um, so, I mean, I, I really think that that's a great way to, to get ahead of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then what are some other ways that the carriers can level up? Yeah. You know, uh, Punctuality, obviously being on time, meeting the expectations that you set, as we were saying earlier. Um, but, but the biggest one is communication. Um, poor communication uh, at any point in time during the shipment process is going to create a bad experience. There's just no way around it. So when a shipment is booked, you know, as a shipping customer, what I would want is the service provider reaching out to me, letting them know, you know, the best way to contact them, when to contact them. Um, and it gives me peace of mind as a shipping customer knowing if there's any problems at all, I can text, email, call, get a hold of this person and ask them any questions. Yeah. Um, what, so, okay. There are times uh, this happens all the time. It's, it's a part of the business. It's a part of transportation where you're on your way to go pick up a shipment and something happens in your personal life. Something happens with your, your truck and you need to cancel. What do you think are, are some of the best ways to go about canceling that shipment with that shipping customer? It's a great question, um, and I'm going to say communication once mm-hmm. again. Uh, it really comes back to letting the customer know as soon as you know there's going to be an issue. Um, what that's going to do is give the customer more time to find a backup if need be. Um, you can also contact Uship Customer Support. We have a wonderful team standing by. We're uh, waiting to help with issues like that. Um, but it is possible to deliver a five-star experience even if the shipment's canceled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for, for joining us here uh, on the long haul. Uh, you know, our customer support, that's really the front lines of, of ship, And I know that we, that's where all of the feedback comes through. That's where we hear all of the, all of the ways that we can improve that, you know, the experience can improve overall. So um, again, thanks for coming on here. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I think it's, it's so insightful and so, so important to share that out. Yeah, I really appreciate y'all having me and uh, I'd love to come back one day. Absolutely. Thanks. All right, that's going to do it for episode eight of The Long Haul from Uship. As always, we really appreciate you listening. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please take a second to give us a rating on your podcast platform. Uh, like us, subscribe to us, all those good things. Uh, we'll be back with a new episode soon. Take care. Thank you.